Hello everyone. As you may have noticed, we have no introduction to our podcast episode today. This episode is very sensitive and may not be for little ears. So if you wish to listen at a later time, we recommend switching to a different episode. We have dedicated this episode to Ashling Murphy and her family, who was brutally murdered in her hometown on January 12th. We want to take this opportunity to extend our deepest condolences to Ashling's family and all of her friends. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This week, I think we didn't feel right uh, doing one of our regular podcasts um, or bringing on a guest um, to talk about kind of educational topics just in light of um, the death of Ashling Murphy, who was brutally murdered um, this time last week on the 12th of January and in her home in, in her hometown in Tullamore. So I think we all have heavy hearts um, this week and I can't even imagine what her family, friends, students and boyfriend are going through um, at this moment. So we just kind of wanted, I suppose, acknowledge it, um, you know, send our condolences to her family and friends and all that is grieving at the moment. And I think this week as a nation um, just showed how strong we can be and how much we can come together and support each other. Um, yeah, so Aoife, I know you are not home at the moment, but I'm sure you felt um, the support of the nation and I suppose the heartbreak that the nation felt over the last week. Mm-hmm. I was home last week when it happened and I was home while the news came out, but obviously traveling then um, and being in a different time zone, catching up on the news, I suppose, five hours later where new developments are coming out all the time and and, and especially the funeral mass. Um, which obviously I didn't I didn't get to to watch, but yeah, we have a platform here who you know majority are probably women listening. Majority are, are educators and who are educating our young people. So I think it was important for us to kind of acknowledge what had happened in our community, and when I say community, I mean like Irish as a community, and not brush over it and kind of not get on with our day to day podcast because. We just didn't feel right in coming on here and like putting on a happy face when we both didn't feel like doing an episode anyway this week. So, yeah, it's just, you know, unfortunately, it's another person to add to the list of uh, women who have been brutally murdered by by a person, um, majority being men. But I don't want to say completely that, you know, that happens all the time by men, but majority of the time it is men. So it's just, it's just really hard to to kind of comprehend. Definitely. And I think something that really hit home with Ashling is the fact that we could all relate to her and relate to her life. I mean, she graduated from Mary I, um, you know, not so long ago, and she was kind of entering into her first, um, in the middle of her first kind of year of teaching, you know, and I think, um, coming out of Mary, I myself, I know what a tight knit community it is in there. Um, you know, when you're, you're finished your studies and you're going off to your first job and you're settling in and by the sounds of it, you know, she was much loved by her, um, colleagues and her students, um, in her class. So, you know, I think a lot of us can kind of relate to that, um, and relate to her and, you know, even looking back on her, I watched her um, funeral and they showed slideshows of pictures of her and her life. And she was just your, you know, everyday, 
you know, young, young woman who just graduated from college, as I said, in their first job and nights out with friends, so talented. And I think there was all that's the scariest thing about it is that we could all relate to her, um, you know, and it, it could be any one of us. Um, and that's, I think, the saddest thing. And I think that's where the anger and the sadness have has come out of. Yeah, we posted a video back in uh, March um, last year, 2021, um, who, you know, good friends of ours kindly helped us out with the video. And I think we reposted it last week when, when we heard about this this tragedy. But sometimes you're like, how are we here again? How are we in the same situation? And I know online there's been, you know, she was just out for a run or she was out for a run. And I think people are saying it, it shouldn't matter what she was doing and yes that's exactly it shouldn't matter what she was doing but I guess what scared us the most and and us being women me and you um especially me and you who are both active who like to exercise who like to stay fit we'll go off and have a walk in the bright or we might you know go out with friends but majority of the time after work we'll just set off on ourselves and and kind of clear the head so we'd be alone walking most of the time and if you can't walk in the broad daylight with people around you, like how are you supposed to ever feel safe in your community? That's just the thing, you know, and I, I've walked now every day since um, last week. And even though I had, have had a podcast or I've been listening to music, Ashling has kind of been in the back of my head. Um, I obviously don't know her at all. Um, you know, we've gotten a glimpse of her life over the last week. Um but it's just that fear and I suppose that notion of, OK, if this happened to me now, how would I react or what would I do? And, you know, these scenarios going on in your head. And I think as a woman, we can all um, relate to that. Um, there's definitely men out there as well who, you know, feel nervous walking by themselves. Um, but as you said, the majority of the time it is male violence against women, unfortunately. Um, and just I think it has gotten to the stage now where something has to change. Uh, you know, I think it's going to take time, but there definitely has to be a movement. And, um, you know, I think, unfortunately, this had to come from the death of Ashling Murphy. But th- there's there's a few different things, uh, I suppose, that, you know, we have to look at first and us as educators you know, and parents listening to this as well. I think it all it needs to start in the home. I was actually listening to a play back from Joe Duffy's radio show um, where women were coming on to speak about their experiences. And one woman spoke of her friend who was attacked in, I think it was London. And um, the she had t- two men who came to actually help her and saved her life. And she went and spoke to the parents, the parent of um, the two boys just to thank her. And she said, that's just, they just did what they were raised to do. You know, and that kind of really sat in my mind because if we can raise children to be to kind of grow up and be respectful of others, no matter of their gender, their race, their religion, um, I think that would be a huge step towards this this issue. I know it's not the answer to it but it definitely would help yeah and I suppose the thing about that and it's actually something I was thinking about this morning prior to um coming on and chatting to you was you know nobody sets out as a parent to do a you know I'm using air quotes here a bad job at parenting 
and in you know it, in my it breaks my heart to to think about those parents of all of those people who are committing violent acts and criminal acts and just to get that phone call that your child has been accused or arrested for something that you didn't probably raise them to you know you probably raised them as best as you could um, and I know there's people who are in situations where their environment maybe wasn't great and an upbringing but again that's not an excuse for you know committing a crime or being so violent against women or against anybody but um you know for parents it's just it, sometimes it can just be so heartbreaking when you do everything that you're supposed to do and I'm saying that as a an air quote there you know it's it's just and like with those boys they were just doing what they were raised to do like that's great if we can all be that person in society who does help and who does doesn't be a bystander and kind of gets in and and jumps in and helps out you know we'll be definitely be be doing something right for the community and unfortunately the two women who came across Ashling that day were just a couple of minutes too late yeah and you think you know if you are in that situation and I suppose to bring it back to a more everyday um, issue with society and something that we can all relate to is being in a nightclub or, you know, being in a social setting and where, you know, sexist remarks are passed or, you know, a whistle is given or an inappropriate touch. And, you know, there's moments I think in all our lives that we wish we had turned and said, no, you know, don't do that. Stop that. Um, but sometimes it's hard because it's nearly accepted by society. And if you are to say something about it, you're kind of afraid, I suppose, of the reaction that you're going to get from everyone else around you. You know, um, I think every woman has been in that kind of a situation. Um, and it's it's actually really, really sad. And, you know, sometimes I kick myself that I didn't say something, whether it, you know, be directed towards me or, or you know, one of my friends or something like that. Um, but I think if we're all to say now, no, we need to stop it and we all need to, you know, if a comment is thrown to say that's not right and challenge that comment, challenge the actions of others, you know, if there's males out there as well who have friends who are saying stuff that they're probably afraid to, you know, react to it or say something just in case they're you know, that it's not seen as the right thing to do. Um, I think that's where men need to stand up now for women in their lives. And, you know, put. Um, I think all of us men and women just need to take a stance towards it. Um, it mightn't seem like, you know, it mightn't seem like the, the answer to all of it, but I really do think that it would make a huge, huge difference. Yeah, and we unfortunately have this weird culture all over the world where, sometimes you say oh boys will just be boys and um like no like boys should be treated with treat people with respect the same way girls and women should treat people with respect it shouldn't be any different you shouldn't get a pass because oh that was just you know um a silly comment or he didn't mean anything by that or but the person that that you know had 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 heard that comment could go home and take that very personally or could been a bad space mentally and you just don't know what someone is going through in their life and you don't know if someone has been in a situation of abuse before and that could definitely trigger some kind of reaction in them as well so it's just really important to kind of try to call that out and it's going to be very hard especially when you're friends with a group of people who maybe are just messers and you know then you know well they mean no harm but trying to say hey lads listen or hey girls listen that's not 
that's not um an appropriate thing to say and and we shouldn't be saying that in, you know it's 2022 we shouldn't have to even be talking about this it should just be a, a common norm that we don't talk badly or treat people badly anymore yeah unfortunately um that's not the case I don't know when there will be a time where you know that will be the case and we will have the confidence and I suppose um the education and the knowledge as a society to stand up for others and you know we know what's wrong I mean that's the thing you could be standing in a social setting where somebody says something you know what's wrong they know what's wrong everyone around you knows it wrong but yes it's accepted as the norm um you know which is it's it's very sad and I mean as I said I can't imagine what Ashling's family is going through at the moment um but I really do hope that you know it is a movement and um this does make a difference and this is you know going to cause a change um I mean definitely the justice system in Ireland needs to change it's absolutely ridiculous um you know those um boys again I don't want to be directing it towards that but it was two boys who attacked a girl and they were left out on bail I mean they shouldn't have been and that was only a couple of weeks ago so you know can you imagine for the families and the victims and I just think that the the justice system definitely needs to be more stern and also there is a big issue with um, mental health services as well in Ireland and you know so I think Obviously, I know there was a I was flicking through Facebook the last day and there was kind of a debate on. I use this very lightly, but somebody coming out now and kind of using the mental health card as an excuse. You know, there is people out there with um, mental health issues. And unfortunately, um, you know, that is the case. But if the structure was there for them and the support, um, you know, hopefully then that could you know, be an answer um, to that as well. So there's a lot to take in. And I suppose why we wanted to talk today is as we are educators, what we can do. We're not going to change the world. We're not going to change society. But if we all did our little part, it might um, make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. And I think we we put up a little post on our Instagram this week. And I think we got a, a couple of good little nuggets of, of feedback back from that about what we could do in the crash setting, in the preschool, in the after school rooms, even in the primary schools and above, um, because it applies to kind of everyone. And but the earlier we start educating our children on on respect and being kind to one another and that Joe Duffy radio show, there was a lady who said that she wasn't really she didn't feel like she was in a position to be able to explain what had happened to her eight-year-old child, which is completely her own decision and her, you know, she, she, she's the parent, she knows what's best, but we don't have to go down routes of violence when we're talking about this. It can just be a general curriculum. It can be implemented into the curriculum so easily by just, you know, being kind to one another and um, having days where, you know, maybe we'll help someone with a job or we'll open the door for someone or, Will help them with their code. It's it's just some small things when they're so small that we can help them like that. Yeah. So we might actually read out some of those responses that we got. Um. So we actually had two that was based around uh, modeling behavior. So I'll just read the two. So the first one was actions speak louder than words. Model behavior you want children to display. Be a role model. And the second one on that was. We need to model appropriate behavior, use trauma-informed practices 
consent and respect first. So modeling, you know, good behavior, obviously, as an adult, if you are going to be, you know, shouting at, at your child when an argument occurs or, you know, being kind of aggressive towards them or be it someone, someone else, or if you're going to be using sexist remarks, they're going to, you know, follow on with that. So I think that would make a huge change. Um, one thing there that me and Aoife have definitely discussed before is um, trauma-informed practices. As an early years educator, as a teacher, we should definitely be educated in trauma and how to support children through trauma. Um, I mean, definitely it's something that should be brought into college if it's a lecture or module on um, trauma, because it's something that we really should be equipped with coming into this kind of environment. Yeah, and um, I know we can kind of practice yoga or we practice mindfulness in settings, but sometimes we're not uh, equipped, I suppose, to deal with the response that maybe a mindfulness setting can can evoke in a child who has pushed those feelings or that that maybe they've been in an abusive family and they're deep down and all of a sudden they're relaxed and they're calm and you're talking about bringing your feelings to the forefront and all of a sudden now you have a child who's hysterical or who's after shutting down completely and you've no idea how to deal with it or why they're like that um if they haven't been you know if it hasn't been disclosed to you in your classroom so while mindfulness and yoga are brilliant in settings, I think people have to be so aware of what can happen if you trigger that emotion in a child. Definitely. So um, there's one there as well that is similar to the last ones. If we show them how we are kind with other people and help, they will see that it's positive and they'll also do it. So that's kind of modeling good behavior as well. Um, an interesting one that I thought of and something actually that is very relevant to my primary school experience. I don't know if it's the same with yours is girls shouldn't be put beside unruly lads in class to an inverted commas, calm them. It's not their job. Consent is everything. The amount of times in my primary school experience that a girl has been sat beside a boy to calm them. I mean, it is so wrong in every way. Um, and it's something that I actually wouldn't have thought of uh, only until I seen that message. Um, yeah, it's. I went to an all-girls primary school, so I couldn't um, really comment on that. I've never been put, but I've been put next to unruly, in inverted commas, uh, girls to calm them as well. I'm really sorry about that dog as well. My neighbor's dog barks every morning at this hour. Um, but, you know, it's definitely something that teachers should be aware of how to deal with a student who is, you know, mis misbehaving or acting up in class. Um Again, it all comes back to that training and whether or not they were uh, equipped to deal with a child who is acting out. Because as we said time and time again, a child who's acting out is a child who has an underlying issue and it needs to be addressed rather than putting them in the corner and saying you have to sit there for the entire class now. So or you have to sit next to a girl who's nice and calm for the entire class. But it's definitely something that we need to examine if that's something we're doing in our own primary schools or in our own classrooms. And another one is early intervention is key from pregnancy. Baby zero to five is a crucial age teaching empathy, kindness and feelings. And that's the thing. Um, empathy, I mean, could play a huge role in, um, you know, tackling this issue if it's from the start. 
you know, and that's, I suppose, again, where the trauma education will come in for the likes of us and how we from a young age can support and equip children. Um, uh, there's definitely courses out there as well. We might try and look up some um, that will be available for educators and parents. Now, obviously, it would probably be ones that you'd have to go to privately. Um, but definitely it's something that if you're educated as a parent or an educator, um, then you can efficiently, you know, support your child and give them the information and the support that they need um, going forward. And, you know, if, if we start that at a young age, it'll definitely be easier um, as the child gets older. And I think empathy there is a very important word because it doesn't have to come across in our words or our actions. But for small children, facial expressions are the key to how we communicate. So you could be having a really bad day and you could have, you know, a really bad face on you, a furrowed brow or like an angry or cross looking face. And if you're trying to get your child out the door and you kind of have that face facial expression, they might think I've done something wrong or um mom's upset with me or dad's upset with me or whoever is your caregiver is but you know just kind of checking yourself and your own feelings at the door when you're dealing with small children and putting your kind of emotions in a box while you're engaging with them and and trying to be present and trying to make sure that your uh body language isn't coming across in a in a way that a child might think it's something to do with them because nine times out of 10 is something to do at work or you got an email just before you ran out the door and you're saying, oh God, I have to deal with this now. Come on, come on, let's go. But just trying to kind of say, hang on, I need to like teach my child that, you know, when we're together, we're going to be kind and we're going to talk and we're going to communicate because I think that's the basis and the foundation of all kind of loving relationships is is giving your time and communicating well. That's it. Um, You know, having open communication and if your child knows that they can come to you no matter what, um, you know, and if they do come to you that you're not angry with them from whatever they can say, um, you give them time and space to actually speak and tell you without getting angry, um, no matter what it is, because if you get angry, the next time they are probably not going to come to you with that issue. So, you know, if children need to have the space and time to share their emotions and their feelings, um, whether that be with a parent, a caregiver, uh, that's really, really important. Um, you know, and I suppose I was actually speaking with a parent today um, about everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, he was just saying that smartphones now and the internet and everything, children have so much in the palm of their hand that they are you know, exposed to at a young age, um, you know, so definitely children have more information and information that they probably shouldn't have and are seeing things that they shouldn't be seeing from a younger age that we wouldn't have had access to. Um, so definitely that is something that needs to be looked at. Um, one last thing as well um, before we go is that somebody said it's so hard when the headlines are putting women in the title as opposed to by a man, etc. Um, that is something that really came to light um, over the last week. You know, in the headlines, it was all, you know, a woman was murdered and there was no um, mention of a man. Now, I know they haven't caught the suspect and all that, but, you know, it, we, we are hearing kind of in the background that that's what it is. Um, and definitely looking back at headlines and stuff from before, the wording really needs to be, watched um, and changed if we're to have any bit of a change in in this matter as well. 
Yeah, like if you kind of put Ashling's case aside, because obviously it's still an open investigation and we can't actively accuse anyone at all until it's confirmed. But if you go back to Sarah Everard, who was last last March, um, you know, all her headlines was, you know, girl murdered by a man, but not um, police officer kills, you know, girl walking home you know it, it was man there was no mention of he was a police officer and again that case was so unique in in the fact that he was someone that we teach our children to go to in in the case of an emergency so obviously we're not going to get into that but you know the headlines are just so important and media anyone who's writing articles need to just examine their wording before they put it out write a couple of titles and see which one kind of fits the best and not one that's going to be grabbing the attention but one that's just honest and and correct and and the right information yeah so look I think we will leave it there um you know again our complete sympathy and condolences to Ashing's family, friends, students, boyfriend, um, you know, we're really sending them all our love um, at this terrible, terrible time. Um, you know, hopefully the community will gather around them over the next few weeks and, you know, hopefully that they will get justice and the justice that they want and they need, um, you know, to get through this, this terrible time. And, yeah, look, we're kind of, you know, keeping Ashing in our in our hearts and in our minds um, all this week. And we hope that this podcast can, I suppose, just shed some light on what we as educators can do and our part in it. But we really just wanted it to, I suppose, dedicate this to Ashling Murphy and um, her, her wonderful family at this such a, a hard time. Yeah, and I will pop in the show notes um, any numbers of, you know, um, services for women, especially women. I'll put in a couple of links that you can go visit the websites if you are in need or you need to call someone or you're in trouble. Um, so go down there and check them out because the, the numbers will be down there. But um, we appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. And we hope that, you know, you have a safe and happy weekend um, and to not take your life for granted I suppose and just to kind of live life to the fullest now because unfortunately we never know what's what will come tomorrow but um like like Jenny said our deepest you know condolences go out to Ashing's family and um you know we'll just keep those candles lit for you thanks million um for listening everyone and we will see you again next week thank you everyone